This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. This summer, we are studying Jeremiah and Lamentations. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible and just brings loads of teaching experience to our discussion today. So thank you for being here, Mike. Glad to be here. Uh, Today we're looking at session 10 and which is a study of Jeremiah 36, uh, verses 19 through 31. So a quick outline of what is in this passage before we just jump in. Uh, The first part, Jeremiah 36, verses 19 through 21. After warning Baruch, the king's officials deposited a scroll written by Jeremiah in the scribes' chambers and then reported to the king. King Jehoiakim sent for the scroll and directed Jehudai to read the scroll to him and the officials. Next, in verses 22 through 26, the king sat in front of a fire when the scroll was read. As sections were read aloud, the king cut that section from the scroll and placed it into the fire. The king and his servants showed no fear or remorse over what was being read. Three officials encouraged the king not to not to do this, though. They encouraged him not to burn the scroll, but they were ignored. The king then directed his son and two accomplices to seize Baruch and Jeremiah, but they were unable to find them. And then finally, in verses 27 through 31, God directed Jeremiah to create a replacement scroll, uh, to do another whole scroll, and to include a statement about God's judgment coming to Jehoiakim. No descendant of Jehoiakim would sit on his throne because of his refusal to listen to God's warnings. So the overall summary statement for today's session is God's word is enduring truth. Uh, there is a lot, a lot in this passage, and so it is a it is a valuable and a helpful study for us. Um, so we will just jump right into that. Mike, let's just begin. Who was Baruch? Yeah, I think I think ha- having a discussion about Baruch is is important. Um, I think there's important some important things to, to to say about him and his role in all of this. But so l- let me answer that in in two parts. First, just talk about the role of a scribe in general, and then talk more about him, Baruch personally. Okay. Um, scribes appear in the Bible in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, the role of the scribe in the New Testament times was, was very different than in the Old Testament. Um, the Hebrew word for scribe comes from a Hebrew verb that means to write. And so um, in ancient Israel, like before before the exile, uh, scribes were, were the registrars of public documents. They kept the official records of important decisions or transactions or events and served in various aspects of life, public life, like business or government. And they didn't have any particular, uh, the, the term didn't have any particular religious connotation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. early on. Uh, now, in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, the term scribe begins to be associated with more narrowly with in a religious sense. A scribe was someone who copied, studied, taught the Torah, the Jewish law. 
like Ezra, for example, was a scribe. Mm-hmm. It's called, he's called a, a scribe, a, an expert in the matters of the Lord's commands and statutes. So scribes became a profession of teachers and interpreters of the law of Moses. So by New Testament times, um, they're, they're very different than what you see in the, in the time of Jeremiah. Uh, in the New Testament, they're associated with the Pharisees, the, the religious elite, because most were Pharisees. And they became the experts in cases where people were accused of breaking the law of Moses. Now, back to, to Baruch. Uh, in Jeremiah, Baruch was a scribe, the scribe who wrote down all the prophecies delivered by Jeremiah and, and, and read them uh, to the people. Um, now, we don't know a lot about him personally. All we know about Baruch is what we have in the book of Jeremiah, basically, that uh, Jeremiah dictated the words and Baruch wrote them on a scroll. Um, we see him doing some other things as well. Like in chapter 32, he helped Jeremiah buy a field uh, and he, he um, the deed was given to Beirut to preserve. And chapter 32, where you see that happening, actually comes chronologically after chapter 36, the events of chapter 36. So after the events that we're looking at in this session, you see some years later, Baruch was still faithfully serving Jeremiah. All right. Now, on a personal level concerning Baruch, and, and this is, I think this is getting to what's important here. Baruch belonged to a family that had connections to the government. His, his grandfather was the governor of Jerusalem under King Josiah. And his brother was an officer of the royal family. He ser- his brother served the royal family, the king's family. That's in chapter 51, verse 59. That means that Baruch had access to the inner circles of the government. I mean, here he, he's trained in a respected profession and he has connections to those who are in power. But he chose to use his skills. He chose to use his profession to serve a very unpopular prophet in mm-hmm. Jeremiah, a prophet who was banned by the authorities. That's why in chapter 36, verse 5, Jeremiah said to Baruch, I'm restricted and I can't enter the temple of the Lord. So you need to go and read from the scroll. Um, so this, what what Baruch was doing here was a uh, po- potentially a politically dangerous decision that would come at a personal cost to him. Yes, yes. Now, there's one other place in Jeremiah where we learn something more personal about Baruch that's important. Chapter 45, that short chapter, that entire short chapter, is Jeremiah speaking directly to Baruch. It's a personal word to Baruch. Mm -hmm. And you see some insight into the man there. And you sense that Baruch at that time was feeling a little sorry for himself saying, woe is me. And so Jeremiah says to him in Jeremiah 45, 5, he says, but as for you, do you pursue great things for yourself? Stop it. Stop pursuing great things for yourself. And we can read into that, maybe some frustration on Baruch's part, that he had 
probably aspired to do something more in life. Maybe he longed for that role in government like his brother had. Maybe he he wanted to, to move within the circles of power in Jerusalem. Maybe he wanted to do something more than just be a secretary to an unpopular prophet and to have nothing to show for his labors at that time. So the end of chapter 45, what you see is Jeremiah encouraging Baruch to look at the bigger picture. He's saying what God is doing in all this is bigger than your personal ambitions and bigger than your career goals. So like and likely what Baruch had been doing seemed like a really small thing to him. For sure. But we know on this on this side of things, we know that Baruch was an essential part of God's plan to preserve that part of scripture that we know as the book of Jeremiah. He's the one who wrote it down into a scroll. So in a human sense, we owe the book of Jeremiah to Baruch. So I, th I think all that is significant uh, for us to, to talk about. I think that is. And I, I appreciate that background just to kind of give us that understanding of where it, it, his family, how they were connected to the government, but also just to look into a little bit of how he might have viewed his role in all of this. And, and obviously, we are the beneficiaries of that. So, yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. What can we learn from this passage about people's responses to God's word and how should we respond to them? Yeah, well, um, King Jehoiakim um, definitely had a strong response <laughs> to the message, didn't he? No doubt. He cut, he cut the scroll up and threw it in the fire because the message didn't fit his worldview, mm. basically. And what was on the scroll was jeremiah's messages from the beginning of his ministry up until that point that's that's what was re recorded on the scroll i mean that's a significant scroll and, and you if we can remember back when we first started jeremiah the beginning of the quarter chapter one um of jeremiah he said god said to jeremiah i've appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot to tear down destroy and, and demolish uh, so his his message would contain a, it was a message of judgment, and a message that a message that uprooted, tore down, destroyed, demolished, did not fit the king's ambitions, the king's belief system or worldview. So when he heard that message, he didn't just burn it. He he as he had it read, and as it was read, he publicly repudiated it section by section by by first of all having it read and then cutting it up section by section and throwing it into the fire which was a way of showing his utter contempt for the message he was he was making a very strong statement concerning how he felt about god's authority in his life old testament scholar christopher wright said um, that Jehoiakim's rejection of the word of God was the most deliberate act of defiance of the spoken and written word of God recorded in all the Bible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we, we live in a time today when people are not only indifferent to God's word, they're openly and boldly defiant of its authority yes. over their lives. So I think we can learn a lesson 
from Jeremiah and Baruch's response to this. After the king burned the scroll, they could have given up. They could have become discouraged, become despondent. After all, Jeremiah has been preaching for like 20 years or so, and he had very little to show for it, very little what we would consider it success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't see any, you know, positive response to his message. So then, and then the king burns the scroll, burns his, his, all of his messages. And, and so what did he do then? What did Jeremiah do? Just, he proclaimed the message again. I mean, mm-hmm. God gave it to him again and he proclaimed it again. He stayed faithful to the message. And from the very beginning, Jeremiah understood it was God's word, not his own word that he was called to preach, and he never strayed from that. He knew that the power was in God's word and not his own. And then the power, the power to tear down and and to build is in the word. And it's not in our ability to, to defend it. It's not in our comments about it. The power to tear down or to build is in the word of God. It's God's word that works. It's God's word that changes lives. It's not our words about God's word. It's God's word that has power. And so we can we can affirm that. We can um, be encouraged by that. And we can know that when people reject God's word, they're not rejecting us. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God's authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a helpful distinction. As I was reading this and preparing, I immediately thought of today's culture as well and thought, okay, we don't, I don't see people taking scrolls and throwing it immediately into the fire, but I definitely see people disregarding and then openly um, rejecting that God is who he says he is and that his word is authoritative and uh, powerful. And so I thought this isn't terribly different from today. Um, So yeah, I I thought that was so interesting. Uh, So this, I'm just going to interject this real quick. So each week we have a key doctrine. The key doctrine is found on PSG page 95. That's the personal study guide. Uh, And it is this week, it is on the scriptures. And so what, what we know and believe about God's word is that the Bible reveals the principles by which God judges us and therefore is and will remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and religious opinions should be tried. So basically, this uh, teaching, this truth, is that God's word will communicate his standards. Uh, as such, it is our plumb line. It tells us what is righteous and what is not. Um, it obviously teaches us about him, but even more importantly, it is an eternal word. Uh, It will not, uh, it cannot be destroyed, um, even though this king tried. (laughs) Uh, It obviously still endures today, and it always will. If you have a moment in your uh, Bible study group discussion and want to just talk a minute about what, what we believe that God's word teaches about itself, that's a good spot to do that. Okay, let's go to our next question. What did Jehoiakim hope to accomplish by destroying the scroll? And what is significant about God's response? Well, yeah, he hoped to, we assume he hoped that, or thought he could silence mm-hmm. the message. Um, and God's response is is what is significant in that after, he, after the king burned the scroll, 
it just says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, which is the exact, exact phrasing, the exact words that you find back in the first verse of the chapter, the first time he gave the scroll. Uh, it's just like the same words repeated, you know, it's word for word. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again. And what, what, what that tells us about God and his word is that there's nothing the king could do that would change what was on the scroll. He could destroy the scroll, but he couldn't destroy the message because the message was God's. And, and the significance in that uh, is that God will not be deterred by man's defiance of his authority. Um, God's word is going to accomplish what God intends for his word to accomplish, regardless of what how, how people respond to it. God's word works and is going to accomplish what he desires. So you have that verse in Isaiah 55 that says, my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. So we can take that to the bank and, and stand on that promise um, that God's word works, that God's word um, cannot be destroyed. I also want to highlight a teaching idea that is in our leader guide. Uh, so if you are a group leader looking for maybe um, a, a creative way to open this week's Bible study, uh, to open your time together with your group, <clears throat> the leader guide suggests an opening activity that, of listing a number of situations. Uh, if you have um, a, a whiteboard or someplace to do this, you could also do it just audibly, just share it aloud. Uh, but they are a leak under the kitchen sink, a cut that gets infected, the check engine light comes on the dashboard, and the smoke detector goes off in the middle of the night. And then the question to pose for your group, what happens when we ignore one of these situations? I think that could be an interesting conversation. Obviously, most those things we would not, most of us, just ignore them. We would we would be moved to act in some way to fix whatever the problem was. Um, most of these we know from experience that delaying action will not improve the situation, but could certainly uh, make it much, much worse. Uh, and so we know that we can't really ignore these. Uh, it's not to our benefit to ignore this. And so I think that's an interesting conversation that could lead into today's study, talking about, obviously, the king wanted to just ignore God's word, wanted to ignore Jeremiah, um, and, and and could not, could not ignore it. Uh, and so it, that's a, that's a interesting and helpful option for your group, for your teaching your group time today. Mike, we appreciate you being with us today. As always, you're a wealth of information. Thank you. Yeah. Let me encourage you before we leave to take a look at the blog posts found on goexplorethebible.com slash blog. Every Thursday, a new post is added, and these posts will help you better understand the Explore the Bible resources and the ideas behind these resources. So one more time, that is goexplorethebible.com slash blog. Thank you for joining us this week. Next week, we will discuss Jeremiah chapter 42, 7 through 22 with Bob Bunn. He is another editor from our team, and you won't want to miss it.